Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Monday, everyone. Last week, we began to look at a new area of study. We began to look at 12 gifts that are mentioned in the book, The Ultimate Gift, and also that was in the movie of the same title. And I have broken these 12 gifts into three categories. Gifts of perspective, gifts of responsibility, gifts of growth, and gifts of the heart. And we have already looked at the gifts of perspective. That's the gift of laughter, the gift of dreams, and the gift of a day. And each one of those gifts, even though they're commonplace, they give us a perspective on life that's beneficial. The next area is the gifts of responsibility. And last week we began to speak about the first one, and that is the gift of work. And we shared last Friday that we don't normally look at work as being a gift, but it is. It's a tremendous gift. It's the ability to exert ourselves and to expend effort to produce or accomplish something. This is part of God's plan for our lives. We mentioned that Adam, in the Garden of Eden, in a paradise, was given work to do. He had to tend the garden. So work is something that God wants us to do. Sometimes we don't enjoy work because either we have the wrong perspective on it, we don't have these gifts we've already talked about, the gift of laughter, dreams, or using each day, or we're not working in the area of our gifts. We're not working in the area of our strengths. We're just doing something in order to get a paycheck. And God never intended for us just to work for a paycheck. I don't think Adam got a paycheck. His work was for the joy that it brought him and the sense of accomplishment that he had when he saw what he had done. And so it is with us. God wants us to work. And he's given us talents and abilities to do things. And he wants us to apply ourselves so that we can experience the joy of accomplishment. Now, this is also a gift of responsibility. In other words, God has given us this gift, but we have to do something with it. We are responsible for it. And we are going to give an account of the work that we have done here in the flesh when we stand before God. And we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where it tells us that we are God's fellow workers. And one day we're going to stand before him and our works are going to be judged. And it says in verse 13, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Now, 
This verse says that each person is going to stand before God, not just certain types of people, not just the pastors or the elders or certain select individuals that God has given a mission to. No, this says that each person is going to stand before God. Don't get in your mind that unless I'm super gifted or have a real sense where God has spoken to me and given me a commission to go and do something, that I'm not going to stand before him and be responsible for the things that we have done. We are. Our work is going to be judged. God has given us this gift, the gift to accomplish something on earth that he wants us to do. And it's so important that we are going to stand before him and give an account of it. Our work is going to be judged. It's going to be tested to see what sort it is. Now, we need to have an understanding of what these tests are. Now, I would suggest three things. I believe they're going to be tested on the value or meaningfulness of the work. Secondly, on how diligent we have been in carrying it out. And thirdly, what was our motive in doing it? So, let's look at each one of these. First, the test of the value or meaningfulness of our work. You know, busyness is not necessarily work. You can be very busy doing things and not accomplish anything worthwhile. Jesus was aware of this. In Luke chapter 9, we find that he calls a man to follow him and be his disciple. And this man replies, yes, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him in verse 60, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, this is a very, very important scripture for us to understand. It seems a little difficult at first, but when we unpack this, you will see how much understanding we can gain from it. First of all, he said, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, what in the world does that mean? How can a dead person bury a dead person? Well, there's different kinds of death. There's physical death, but there's also spiritual death. And I believe what the Lord is saying here is let the spiritually dead bury the natural dead. Jesus had called this man to follow him. And this man put a condition up, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said this in essence, let someone else bury your father. I have called you to a spiritual task here to follow me. Let someone that is spiritually dead bury the natural dead. The application to us today is that there are some things that non-Christians can do just as well as Christians. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian in order to be a good secretary. You don't have to be a Christian in order to be a good doctor. There are non-Christian lawyers who are just as good as Christian lawyers. There are non-Christian construction workers that are just as good as Christian workers. So let's let the non-Christians do what they can do, but let us do what only we can do. There are some things that Christians can do that non-Christians can't do. We are to fulfill the ministry and the purposes of Jesus. We have a connection with God through the Spirit. We're born again. Our spirit has become alive to the Lord. 
we have a connection with him. The scripture says he guides and directs us into all truth. His spirit motivates us and also energizes us to do what he wants us to do. And so there's some things that Christians can do that a non-Christian can't do. We can, as it says here, preach the kingdom of God. He said, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, what did he mean by this? i tell you one thing he didn't mean. He didn't have a picture in his mind of a Sunday morning standing on a platform behind a pulpit preaching to a group of people. That is not what Jesus meant when he said, you go and preach the kingdom of God. No, what he meant was, you go and declare the kingdom of God. You go and represent the kingdom of God. You go and extend my kingdom. Tell people that they can be forgiven. Tell people that they can come into a relationship with me. You see, only Christians can do that. That's our goal. That's our work. And so when we stand before God, we're going to be judged on whether our work was meaningful for eternity. There are some things that we do that only have value for the moment, or value for the day, or value for the year, or value for a lifetime. Or perhaps we can do some things that have value for centuries. But truly, the most valuable work you can do is that which has value for eternity. That is one of the tests that our work is going to be judged on. As Christians, we're given work to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. You see, we're workers together with God. And this is a tremendous grace. This is a tremendous gift. The ability to work with God and expend our energy to accomplish something that will please him. That's a tremendous gift. Don't receive that gift in vain. Be sure that you are about your father's business. You see, Jesus, at 12 years of age, had a sense that there was an eternal mission. When questioned by his parents why he had stayed behind in Jerusalem, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now, folks, that's what we need to be about. We need to be about our father's business. You know, he has an enterprise God has a company, as it were, and it's called God and Sons. God and Sons and Daughters. And we're all in the family business together. And each of us are responsible for carrying out our part. You see, our work is the same as Christ's work. Jesus, when he came to this earth, had a mission. He had something to do. And I believe that the work that he's given us as fellow workers with him is the same work. He did his part. Now we are to do our part. What did Jesus come to do? Matthew 1 and verse 21 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came with a mission to save his people from their sins. How did he do that? He went to the cross. He took the penalty of all the sins of the world upon himself, and he gave up his life a ransom for many. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. 
That's why when he was hanging there, he said, it's finished. He had finished the work. He had accomplished what he had come to do. Now, we have the same work. We are to expand ourselves so that people will be saved. Jesus purchased our salvation on the cross. We are to take up our cross and go and be representatives of Christ and to share the message of salvation. He accomplished it. We're to declare it. We are to tell people about it. We're to be witnesses of it. And so that is our mission. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation, the scripture says. So when we stand before the Lord, our work is going to be judged on whether we have accomplished this. You see, going and preaching the kingdom doesn't mean that you quit your natural vocation. You don't have to quit your day job. We are sprinkled like salt across the entire society. And as we are in all these different occupations, we are about our Father's business. We are aware that we're there to do what only Christians can do. And that is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I see that our time is gone, but we'll continue tomorrow with the other tests that our work will be put through. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. Take note that we are now meeting again in person at 9.30 and 11.30. We are limited to 30% capacity and are following all the recommended protocols. We are also continuing our online service at 10.30. Be sure to join us for one of these services. To learn more about us, check out our website at kwcf.org. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.